The G7 summit continues by the seaside in Cornwall. Little time to enjoy the scenery, however, as matters from corporation tax to global infrastructure plans have all been discussed. To talk about Ireland and the sticky tax side of things, I'm joined by John Isle, Deputy Business Editor at the Irish Independent. Uh, Good morning, John. It's quite complicated. Would you mind recapping the proposed changes to corporation tax that have been discussed at the G7 summit so far? Well, it's a, it's a, a little simpler than some tax stories can be. What what Joe Biden and the G7 are really trying to work towards is a an international standard for how these big global multinational corporations, many of uh, which have very big operations in Ireland, like Google or Facebook or Intel, how those companies get taxed. And it's always been a controversial topic because you have certain countries like Ireland, which have relatively low taxes, and then other large industrial countries like Germany or the United States, which have relatively high taxes. And those bigger countries for a long time have been quite unhappy with the amount of corporate tax that winds up in their tax coffers versus the amount that winds up in in ours. So you have companies like Apple, which will shift uh, uh, large profits to their European headquarters in Ireland, and then that gets taxed at a lower rate, which kind of upsets the bigger the bigger countries. So what um, what the US and some other countries have proposed is a global minimum tax that basically sets the floor at 15%. That irrespective of where the profits are earned or where they get booked, these companies won't be able to avoid paying anything less than 15%. And you can see where Ireland, which has a 12.5% rate, uh, might be disadvantaged there because either this country will have to bring its tax rate up or some of the profits that are normally booked here might wind up just getting booked somewhere else because the companies are going to have to pay the same no matter what. And on the ground, because sometimes I feel these kind of macro tax discussions to the person listening at home think, how is that going to affect me and the Irish economy? If these proposals happen, what is the estimated impact on our economy? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, you know, what, what really matters to most people who don't, say, work in, in these areas, you know, of, of structuring and servicing these, uh, these tax agreements and, and providing services into these multinational companies, it doesn't, it doesn't make a huge difference to anybody's indiv- individual purse, let's say. But how it might affect Ireland is, is sort of interesting. So if you look at um, the amount of tax that is currently collected by revenue in this country, about one in every five euros of taxes come from corporate taxes. So that's about 12 billion euros of the 57 billion uh, that was collected last year. And, th- and that money has actually been, been very helpful to Ireland, especially through the pandemic. It's really helped support a lot of government spending, which has helped subsidize jobs, uh, pay for un- unemployment, and all of these things that we've, uh, we've, we've had to deal with in the last 15 months. But what makes Ireland a little bit vulnerable here is that that corporate tax base is quite narrow. So the, the top 10 payers in, in that group, which, which include those big multinationals, pay a disproportionate share of that corporate tax. So it's not, it's not just sort of small businesses or kind of small Irish companies that are really supporting that corporate tax base. It's the huge international companies that are targeted by this global minimum tax. So Pascal Donahue has um, estimated um, that this could cost up to 2 billion a year in, in lost taxes, but it's very hard to put a figure on it 
Um, and in any case, uh, our budgetary um, mathematics has really taken account of that already. So the Department of Finance kind of says, well, it's not going to make a huge difference to us. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's $2 billion is a significant amount of money to lose, but, you know, we have other levers to pull. Um, you know, we have other tax heads that we can focus on, you know, big things like income tax and VAT. Are, are major categories of tax that support support government spending as well. So there's not a lot of panic coming out of the government right now. As for what happens to sort of ordinary Irish people, I mean, the real the real issue would be if, for instance, we lost the jobs that Facebook brings or we lost the jobs that Intel brings. And there's really no sign that these companies will pick up and leave and you know take their headquarters with them on the basis of what would effectively be a two and a half percent tax difference uh, for their for the profits that they book in Ireland but having said all of that this is very very early in the process um, the, these ideas have been kicked around for a while and they consist of two things a global minimum tax of 15 percent and then also uh, another provision which was developed by the OECD about where um, taxes for, say, digital services get booked. And that's possibly a bigger threat to Ireland uh, than the minimum tax because there aren't a lot of customers for digital services in Ireland because it's a small country with a small population. And that would see a lot more taxes going to countries like France and Germany, which have bigger populations. And that's that's possibly uh, would have a bigger impact um, on the ultimate tax take here in Ireland than the global minimum tax would. Okay, and then on a different strand on the same story, we had reports yesterday that Ireland's ambassador to the US, Daniel Mulhall, he criticised the very well-known US economist Paul Krugman. He's not happy with Krugman's take on the Irish tax system. Can you explain what's being said? And some type le- top-level Irish diplomats, are, right, are they right to be unhappy with how the Irish approach has been characterised? Or are we being a bit oversensitive? Well, what, what Paul Krugman has done on numerous occasions, most recently last week, uh, was talk about this concept uh, of leprechaun economics. So this is how he describes um, the sort of global system of profit shifting where big companies uh, book their profits in lower tax jurisdictions like Ireland. And he's, he's chosen Ireland as this kind of iconic example of that and has developed this cutesy little phrase, leprechaun economics. Um, my view of this is it's, it, it's not a particularly nice way of describing it. I mean, you know, you can... Um, it's memorable, though. <laughs> yeah, you can make you can make the criticism, I think, without uh, without using derogatory terms. So I think the ambassador was was probably right to to pull him up on that. I mean, the New York Times is supposed to be a sober analytical paper, um, and and this was really let's call it what it is a kind of a you know an ethnic slur, really. I mean, okay, fine, you know, leprechaun is a, isn't exactly a kind of. Um, an evil caricature or anything like that. But it really obscures from the larger argument that he was trying to make, which is that what's happening in the world right now is that there is a kind of a battle between the forces of capital, you know, these big multinational companies and the forces of labor and, and how, how are benefits divided um, across the globe when the, you know, these companies are making billions and billions of, uh, billions of euros uh, in profits. And who benefits from that? And also this issue of national tax sovereignty. You know, do we want global companies to gradually erode the power of national governments? Uh, and that's something that, you know, the Biden administration is very concerned about. And they want to tip the balance in favor of capital investment, jobs, labor, those kind of good old economy things that Democrats love. 
And Krugman would be, you know, really aligned with that view of economics, that what really matters is people jo people's jobs. What really matters are physical things that you kind of build on the ground and tangible improvements in people's lives, as opposed to this kind of game that multinationals play of moving their profits around and kind of minimizing the amount of tax they have to pay, which ultimately benefits a few shareholders and, you know, the people at the tops of the company. So it's, it's a pity, in my opinion, that, you know, Krugman relies on that kind of language when talking about probably the most important issue in global economics today, which is who gets the money, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, look, I think the ambassador, you know, has a job to do there, which is to stand up for Irish interests, um, you know, not just uh, not just economic interests, but cultural, social, and political as well. And um, I, I um, really don't think it's, I don't think there's any need to, to talk about people in that way. Who knows? We might find the money in a crock of gold at the end of the rainbow. John Isle, Deputy <laughs> Business Editor of the Irish uh, Independent, thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh,